This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And since the last time that we talked, Adam, the Rockets actually did go on a bit of a winning streak, but have have dropped their last two. And the theme of those last two losses, uh, you know, being to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks Eastern Conference teams was the drop in performance defensively for the Rockets. That was a theme for them. And obviously that's been a calling card for the team this season, a, a huge reason for their improvement for their, I guess you could call it turnaround. I, I would call it that certainly being in the mix for, you know, one of those, <laughs> for one of those later lower seeds in the, you know, in the, in the plan, or at least that being an aspiration of them and it seemed, seeming realistic for them. But what what do you make of these last couple of games for the Rockets? What has stood out to you about these games that they've lost? So there's a couple of things. And the first is, all right, you lose in Milwaukee, you give up, you know, that's, that's not a big deal if you're going to go get beat up a little bit by Milwaukee, especially on the defensive end. That's an elite offensive team, and they're going to be an elite offensive team. Uh, and you just don't really have anybody who can match up with Giannis, and you don't really ha- – and, and Lillard has just destroyed them now for years. Um, so – that one wasn't as big a deal last night. That's a tough one. Um, giving up, they finished uh, Cleveland scored at 135, uh, but they were 122 through four quarters. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that can't happen. Um, giving up a 33 point first quarter can't happen. Giving up a 42 point third quarter against in this is Cleveland's a good team, but they're missing key guys. I mean, Cleveland without Darius Garland and without Evan Mobley, I mean, you can't, you can't have games like that. Um, and two things stand out. They're not rebounding. Um, they had a, a, a defensive rebounding rate of 59% in these two games. So they might play good initial defense to start a possession, but they're not finishing possessions. So that's an issue if you're not going to get any defensive rebounds, which they weren't. And then the and then I guess there are two other things. They're fouling a lot. Um, they gave up. Uh, Cleveland attempted 34 free throws on Monday. Milwaukee attempted 32 free throws on Sunday. That's way too many. Um, and then both those teams were able to get up shots from inside the restricted area. The Rockets for the season are giving up 
24 field goal attempts from the restricted area. It's 36 over the last two games. So those are kind of the things that you look at and you say, you know what? You might be playing against, at least with Milwaukee, you're playing against a good offensive team, but there were things that the Rockets just did very poorly. Fouling, not rebounding, and then giving up shots at the rim. Yeah, well, that's the big thing to me, though, that you mentioned earlier about not having Evan Mobley, not having Darius Garland. Like, I understand it's a back-to-back, and, you know, Cleveland's a good team, a pretty decent team, but they don't have two of their really important players. And Sam Merrill, do I have this right? Sam Merrill. Like, who even – I don't even know who Sam Merrill is. And I and I saw a report – or right up after the game that was mentioning how that's not a guy that's been in their regular rotation when they're when they're whole when they're healthy and i'm like you give up he was in double figures sam Merrill had 13 points went five of ten from three six of eleven from the field and i'm just like look that's not the end of the world i guess but it you're like you, you call yourself being a really good defensive team you go out there and you face a team that doesn't have an all-star and a top you know, you know, top three pick in Evan Mobley, you know, that type of talent, they're missing those two type of guys. I I, I just don't understand how you get beat by what's left of the, I don't understand they had Donovan Mitchell, but what's left of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Sam Merrill gives you 13 off the bench. Like that's just, to me, that can't happen. Hey, Sam Merrill can shoot it. I saw that guy hit a, hit a game winner in the, in the Mountain West Conference championship game in 2020. That guy can shoot. Of course, Sam Merrill comes from the Mountain West. See, that's a that's a such a Mountain West name. What school does this guy come from? Utah State. Utah State. Yeah. Uh, right. But and I, I, you know, the Sam Merrill thing didn't really necessarily bother me that much, just because he's a shooter, and sometimes shooters are going to get hot. Now, if you are getting to the point where he's attempting ten three pointers in twenty four minutes, that's a bit of an issue. I think that's the biggest issue is that you are even putting him in a position where he can have an open look. I mean, you got to be able to, you got to be able to defend the perimeter a little bit better than that, but you know the Cavs so I'm not going to make excuses for it. Um there the lack of physicality was a problem. Fouling is a problem. Like there's no reason for the Cavs to shoot 34 free throws in a game. Especially, you know, maybe Don, you know, maybe you can excuse it by saying, well, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he was able to draw a bunch of fouls. Maybe he took 15 free throws. No, that wasn't the case. Donovan Mitchell only took five free throws. So that means like you're allowing um, Jared Allen to take seven free throws. You're allowing Max Struess to take five. You're allowing Tristan Thompson. Now they were hacking Tristan Thompson. So that number is a little bit inflated, but there's no reason that Max Struess should be taking five free throws and Jared Allen, you know, that's just, you got to defend without fouling at some point. Um, so all in all, you're going to have some bad defensive games. I, I think for this team to say, well, it was a back-to-back. I think that's just an awful excuse because these are, you don't have a bunch of 35 year olds playing, you know, you got essentially this, this is a young roster. This, this roster should not be impacted by playing back-to-backs at this point. So I don't like that as an excuse, but they just, they have to be better. And, um, for them to score, uh, what was it? 122 in right. Re- they, if you score 122 points in regulation against a team missing an all-star guard, you should win that game and you should win that game easily. And that's, and they didn't do that yesterday. So losing Milwaukee, that was disappointing, but they were kind of in that game. Uh, and they just got, you know, the Bucks are just a better team than them, but losing that game in Cleveland, I think that's a, that that's a really disappointing effort. And, um, 
to me, the rebounding, I mean, to, to allow 14 offensive rebounds in that game is, is just, I mean, Isaac Okoro had four offensive rebounds. Like how that, that can't happen, you know, allowing essentially a guard to get four offensive rebounds that, that to me is just kind of a lack of effort and that's just playing soft. And that's what I attribute last night to. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you talk about a coral and I think he had, he's also the one that had that strip on Jalen green. If I'm not mistaken, uh, when Jalen green's trying to drive on him, and it just, overall, it just looked like a poor showing. I could see, like, I don't want to give them the back-to-back excuse, but they did look like a team that was either tired or, if not tired, willing to allow the previous night to be an excuse for how they were playing. Like, they they seemed sluggish and without some level of effort there, from, from what I could tell. Well, they got a bunch of back-to-backs coming up, so they better figure that thing out. Otherwise... Like you're putting yourself in a really difficult spot where now you're just you're not giving yourself an opportunity to try and pile up wins because they've got a back to back they've got a back to back this week they've got a back to back next week I mean the the schedule you know the schedule becomes very you know the way that they did the in season tournament you know you you weren't playing a lot of games during that stretch because you had a bunch of open dates and things like that and the league was clearing out the schedule back to back Sundays and only playing one play they only played the one game on that Saturday the championship game so now everybody's got to play a bunch of games and so you are as a team you got to get ready for what's coming with these back to backs because they're they're going to have a lot of them um and if you can't win back to backs and you're not giving yourself all, you know much of a chance to to go on any sort of a run um They've been a decent. They've been a good rebounding team, though, for a good portion of the year. Maybe it's just a two-game blip. I don't know. But uh, to me, that that when I look at when you go through the numbers for the last two games, the rebounding really stood out to me because having a defensive rebounding rate of fifty-nine percent is just to me that's playing soft, and that's kind of the antithesis of what Ime Udoka has really stressed over the, the course of this season. Yeah. Well, again, I know Jared Allen played and, and you know, they threw Tristan Thompson out there. But again, without one of their better bigs in the game or available for the yeah. game and Evan Mobley, you know, like you even if you're going to lose the game, you know, if you're going to lose the game late and then close, there should be aspects of the games that you don't lose. And just like stylistically a way that you want to play their their own like stated identity and how they what they want to be about. So we, we started off here, gave you know, roughly 10 minutes on the bad. And that's, of course, the most recent thing that we've seen because they lost these last couple of games. But they did win. Did you have something else? Yeah, I, I just want to bring this up. Um, to me, and we've talked about this a lot, but if they want to be a better rebounding team and a more consistent rebounding team, they've got to get more in that department from Shingun. And he is now – he has 10 defense. He had, you know, I talked about these two games where they're giving up uh, 20. They gave up a total of 29 um, offensive rebounds in the last two games. Shingun has 10 defensive rebounds in these two games. Um, he He's averaging 7.1 defensive rebounds per 36 minutes. That's tied for 40th best in the entire league. He is averaging fewer defensive rebounds per 36 minutes than a sore Thompson, a guard. To me, this is an issue. And I don't know if you see it the same way, but for them to take a step and for them to get better and for them to consistently be a good defensive rebounding team, we've talked about him kind of walling up and being much better in the paint, but he's got to be able to rebound because he's your center. And oftentimes he might be the only big on the floor. 
And if he's not going to rebound, they're going to have a lot of trouble finishing possessions. Yeah, I wondered, and I, I should probably give this a closer look, but I wondered how much. <sighs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I wonder how much it has to do with, like, he is giving some better effort defensively and how much his athletic limitations have to do with that. I I don't think it's a good enough excuse. He should still be a better rebounder. But the thing about it, and for one thing, I didn't realize that the numbers were as bad as you just illustrated. So so that that's eye opening for me a little bit. But also I, I would I would point this out and just to add to your point of how urgent it is. Albert Shingoon is their starting center and they're effectively operating without really a backup center. I know Jock Landale has kind of gotten back into the mix. I know Jeff Green has. Uh, you know, between Jeff Green and Jabari Smith. And uh, like we said, Jock Landell is back in the mix. But I know they try to kind of figure out the five spot around like the backup five spot, but they effectively don't have one. So it, it, it to me, it, it exacerbates the problem of not really having a backup center to speak of when your starting center, who is, uh, you know, a focal point of your team, he's not just a, you know, a fifth guy out there. He's a he's a guy for you. When that guy's not rebounding and you don't have much behind him either, to me, that really, really hurts the team on top of it. Like the, it increases the urgency that Shingoon be the one to step up in that way. Yeah. And it, it seems like that they are just going to play a small ball five when Shingoon's off the floor, unless, you know, there are certain matchups, but that seems to be the approach that they have taken really the entire season. I mean, Landale got some minutes early on and then he, he got sick and he got hurt and then he got sick and he just, he's not playing a whole lot. He hasn't been effective when he's been in there. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, uh, I think that that's an area that they're going to look at. And it's an area that they probably should look at. And they've got some salaries that they can certainly stack to, to bring in another player. And I I do think that that is a position of need. Uh, I do think that they need to add another big of some sort just to, because there are going to be nights where they're going to need a second big. And they've also been remarkably healthy so far this season. Shingun hasn't missed a game. Um, Shengun's not going to play all 82. So if he misses a game, what happens at that point? So I, I do think that's an area that they should and probably will look at at some point. So before these two games that we just talked about that they lost, the Rockets did, and this is the, since the last time we talked here on the podcast, the Rockets did win, I want to count them five straight since the last time we talked. We were going into that Oklahoma City game, talking about how they needed a win. They had lost three straight leading up into that game, and they took care of business. So I did want to at least point that out and get from you maybe what stood out to you during the winning streak. What is it? Maybe there's something that they could go back to. What were they doing in the five games that they won that they're not doing in these two games that we haven't already hit on? I guess it's the defense and the rebounding are the main things, but is there anything they can pull from their five games of success and and try to go back to? Once they uh, since they're starting this homestand on Wednesday night, 
Well, if you could play San Antonio Memphis every single night, I think you'd be in pretty good shape. So yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look up, it's like I'm like I'm talking about defense. They hold San Antonio to 82. It's freaking San Antonio. Yeah. So that that now there were a couple good wins in there. Uh, they beat Oklahoma City, like you said. They won a game in Denver, which was probably the best win that they've had in in three years. So so obviously you take positives out of that. Uh, but they were blessed with playing San Antonio and then playing two in a row against Memphis before Morant came back. So that certainly was beneficial and they won those games. They should have won. The, like, that's good though. You know, that Memphis game, the second one, especially in Memphis, they had not been good on the road. And so that's the type of game that they should have won and they won. And so you give them credit for that. It was also big um, as, as we move forward just through the rest of the season, uh, because as they try and compete for one of these play-in spots, that really gave that essentially gave them ten a ten game cushion with Memphis, and Memphis as we're recording this right now, Memphis is getting beaten up pretty good in New Orleans with John Morant back, so the Grizzlies aren't going to pick up any ground on them tonight. And as the schedule dwindles down and as more and more games get played, that's less time for Memphis to try and come back on them. And again, the Rockets have to be able to finish in front of five teams in order to make the play in. Uh, I think that you look at it and. They're going to finish in front of San Antonio. They'll finish in front of Portland. They'll finish in front of Utah. Uh, you finish in front of Memphis. That just leaves one more team that you've got to be able to stay in front of. And so I think that they are, even after these two losses, I think they are well positioned to make some sort of run into the spring. 